For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject our spiritual journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. This is part 7 of the series. 3 John chapter 1, verse 4, I have no greater joy to hear that my children walk in truth. Walking in truth is walking in the Torah. Walking in Torah is walking in light. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, it is written, For the commandment is a lamp, and the Torah is light. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 5. O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 it is written. For you were sometimes in darkness, which means you didn't follow Yeshua, you didn't follow his Torah, but now are you light in the Lord. So walk, live your life as children of light, followers of Yeshua, his ways, his commandments, his Torah. First John chapter 1 verse 7. If we walk in the light, walk, how we live our lives, as he is in the light, how Yeshua lived his life, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Yeshua Messiah, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So walking in Torah is walking in love. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2 it is written walk in love as Messiah has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God referring to being the Passover lamb for a sweet smelling savor. Second John chapter 1 verse 6 and this is love. This is loving Yeshua, that we walk or live our lives after his commandments or keep his commandments. And this is the commandment that you've heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. So eating the legs of the lamb, Yeshua being the lamb, is walking as he walked. So we keep his commandments, we walk in the Torah, we walk in light. And how are we follow his Torah in our own ability, our understanding, our own strength? No, we are to walk in his Torah by the power and the inspiration and the leading and the guiding of his Holy Spirit or the Ruach HaKodesh. In Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27 it is written, I will put my spirit within you. The new covenant is the indwelling Holy Spirit. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, to keep my judgments, and to do them. The purpose of the indwelling Holy Spirit, the new covenant, is to help us to follow Yeshua's Torah. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 it is written, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Messiah Yeshua, those that walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, it is written, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we walk in truth, 
we follow Yeshua's Torah, we do it by His Spirit, and we do it through trusting and believing in Him, who He is, and His promises, and walk after His ways. We walk by faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, For we walk by faith, by trust, in the God of Israel, believing who He is, and keeping His word, not by sight. As believers in Yeshua, we are to walk in newness of life, not like the world, the world's ways, the world's system, the world's values. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, meaning dead to the world, the world's ways, the world's values, which is called the flesh and the desires of the flesh, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were immersed in the Messiah Yeshua were immersed into his death? So when Yeshua died, his flesh was crucified. So that we, whenever we believe in him, our flesh is to be crucified in him as well. And thus, when our flesh is crucified, that is how we're immersed into his death. Romans chapter 6 verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by immersion unto death, that like as Messiah was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, which came from him doing the will of God in his life, even so we should walk in newness of life. We walk in Messiah and his ways by his spirit, and we've left the world, the world's ways, the world values, and the desires and lusts of the flesh. So back to the instruction of the physical lamb, the entire lamb must be eaten. So Exodus chapter 12 verse 8, you shall eat the flesh. And then in Exodus chapter 12 verse 10, you shall let nothing of it remain. This spiritually speaks of that the God of Israel wants from us a full and total complete commitment to him, his ways, and his kingdom. In other words, we're to dedicate our lives to the kingdom of God in the service of his kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 it is written, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? In other words, I'm not to live my life according to my own desires and the desires of my flesh and according to my own will. Because once I give my life to Yeshua, I've been bought with a price. We make a covenant exchange. He forgives my sins and I give him my life. And when I give him my life, my life is no longer my own. Therefore, when I live my life, I'm to live my life to glorify God, to bear fruit for him and his kingdom, to glorify God in my body or in my life and in your spirit, which are now belonging to God, because I gave my life to him. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, or the way you live your life, to be a living sacrifice, to live it unto Yeshua and his kingdom, to bear fruit for his kingdom, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, I live my life... And living it after Yeshua's example is the goal and the target of my life. That I live my life in dedication to the kingdom of God and service of his kingdom and to do his will in my life. So this is what Paul was referring to in Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 as it is written. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Messiah Yeshua. So the high calling of God is to give him my entire life and to make a full commitment and dedication to him, to do his will in my life, and to give my life 
as a burnt offering in service to him and his kingdom. So the instruction regarding the historical literal lamb is it was to be eaten with your loins girded. Exodus chapter 12 verse 11. And thus you shall eat it with your loins girded. Spiritually, our loins being girded represents walking in the truth of God's word. Psalm 119 verse 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your Torah is the truth. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 13 and 14 as it is written, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. The truth is the Torah or the word of God. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. The historical commandment regarding the lamb is it was to be eaten with shoes on your feet. Exodus chapter 12 verse 11. And thus you shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet. Feet. Shoes represent messengers who preach the gospel of Yeshua and to spread his love to the world. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 it is written, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion, Your God reigns. So Paul makes reference to Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 and Romans chapter 10 verse 15 as it is written. And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. This is why Paul also stated in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15 that your feet would be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So historically, the lamb was to be eaten with the staff in your hand. Exodus chapter 12 verse 11, thus you shall eat it with the staff in your hand. The staff represents the power and the authority to rule and reign. And we are given the power and the authority to rule in life's affairs through the name of Yeshua the Messiah in being in covenant relationship with him. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 40 it is written, And he, that is David, took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag which he had even in a scrip and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine, that is Goliath. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 45, with the staff, he's going to proclaim his covenant relationship with God and thus the authority that he has in and through that covenant. Then said David to the Philistine, to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, in other words, with earthly human instruments of war, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He's speaking in his authority, being in covenant with God. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Pharaoh, you can't trust on him. You can't trust in the world, in the world's system, in the world's ways. It will let you down. Isaiah chapter 36, verse 6. Though you trust in the staff of this broken reed on Egypt, so is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all those that trust in him. It's the staff of the good shepherd that brings us comfort. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Who is that good shepherd? It is Yeshua. He said in John chapter 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Going back to Psalm 
chapter 23, referring to the Lord being my shepherd, that is Yeshua, it says in Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, the staff of the good shepherd, they comfort me. Yeshua gave his authority to his people to rule and reign in his name. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, it is written, And Yeshua came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the ages. Amen. The instruction that was given to the historical Passover lamb was that it was to be taken into your house and kept for four days to be examined while in the house. In Exodus, in chapter 12, verse 3 and verse 6, it is written, Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Just like the children of Israel had to examine their physical lamb, we must examine Yeshua, our Passover, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and find him without blemish as well. In First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, it is written, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Messiah, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 6, we see the commandment regarding the historical Passover lamb that the children of Israel was to kill in Egypt, that you were to bring it in your house, leave it for four days, and then on the 14th day of the first month, you were to kill it, and the King James says, in the evening. So, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 6, it is written, And ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Now, in the Hebrew, where it got translated as in the evening, the Hebrew says, Bain ha Aravim which means between the evenings. In order to understand the meaning of the phrase between the evenings, we need to have an understanding of the biblical day. To begin with, we need to understand that the biblical day goes from sundown to sundown. We can see this from the story of creation in Genesis in chapter 1, wherein in Genesis chapter 1, verse 5, verse 8, and verse 13, it is written, And God called the light day and the darkness he called night and evening and morning were the first day and God called the firmament heaven and evening and morning were the second day and then in Genesis chapter 1 verse 13 and evening and morning were the third day so let's take a closer look at the structure of the biblical day. Every day has 24 hours, but the biblical day begins in the evening and ends in the morning. So there's 12 hours to the evening, 12 hours to the morning. The day starts in the evening, and if we regard this as being 6 p.m., 
The 12-hour evening part of the day is from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. 6 a.m. is roughly sunrise. And the 12 hours of the morning part of the biblical day goes from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So 12 hours to the evening, 12 hours to the morning part of the day. Then we need to take the 12-hour morning period of the biblical day, and these 12 hours are divided into a morning and an evening. They are divided equally, so we would have 6 hours to the morning part of the morning part of the day, and 6 hours to the evening part of the morning part of the day. So given that the morning part of the biblical day is 12 hours from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., the morning part of the morning of the day would go from sunrise, roughly 6 a.m., it would go 6 hours until noon. Then the evening part of the morning part of the day is 6 hours, it would go from noon to 6 p.m. So between the evenings is in the middle of the evening part of the morning part of the biblical day. So since the evening part of the morning of the biblical day is six hours, between or in the middle of the evening would be three hours into the evening part of the morning of the biblical day. So given that the evening part of the morning of the biblical day goes from noon to 6 p.m., between or the middle of the evening would be 3 p.m. And 3 p.m. would be the ninth hour of the morning part of the day from sunrise or roughly 6 a.m. So the instruction regarding the historical Egyptian Passover lamb, it was to be killed at 3 p.m. Since 3 p.m. is also the ninth hour of the morning part of the day, we can see from Matthew chapter 27 verses 45 46 and verse 50 that Yeshua was crucified the ninth hour of the day or at 3 p.m. So Matthew chapter 27 verses 45 and 46 it is written now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour and about the ninth hour Yeshua cried with a loud voice saying and there's a reference to Psalm chapter 22 which translated means my God my God why have you forsaken me and then in Matthew chapter 27 verse 50 Yeshua when he had cried again with a loud voice yielded up his spirit. The commandment regarding the historical Passover lamb in Egypt is that not only was it to be killed between the evenings or 3 p.m., but the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 6, it is written, And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, that is, the first month of the biblical year, biblically Aviv, but now it's more commonly called Nisan, that's the Babylonian name, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So because Yeshua died for our sins, we are all guilty of putting Yeshua on the tree to shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We can see how Yeshua died for the sins of the world in John chapter 10 verses 17 and 18 as it is written. Therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No man takes it from me but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. Paul explained in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as a result, Romans chapter 5 verse 8, God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. 
So we can see historically both Jew and non-Jew were involved in the crucifixion of Yeshua. We can see this from Acts chapter 4 verses 26 and 27 as it is written. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For of a truth against your holy child Yeshua whom you have anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles. So these would be the non-Jews and the people of Israel. Remember the commandment is the whole congregation of Israel shall kill it were gathered together or were involved in the crucifixion of Yeshua. The commandment regarding the historical Passover lamb is that it was to be eaten the same night that it was killed. Exodus chapter 12 verse 8, and they shall eat the flesh in that night. Exodus chapter 12 verse 10, and you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. So since the flesh of the lamb, as we explained earlier, spiritually represents believing that Yeshua is the Messiah and in his redemptive work, alternatively called believing the gospel, when we hear of this good news, we are to believe it and receive it that very day. Mark chapter 1 verses 14 and 15, and Yeshua came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel, or you can say, eat the flesh of the Passover lamb. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, for he has made him to be sin for us, that is Yeshua, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Continuing on in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2, for he says, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And it continues, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Passover occurs in the first month of the biblical calendar as the God of Israel instructed in Exodus chapter 12 verse 2 that the month of Passover is now to be the first month of the year. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 2 it is written, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Repenting of our sins, that's leaving Egypt, the type of the world, the world system and the world's ways, and putting the blood of Yeshua upon our heart through believing that he's the Messiah and repenting of our sins and receiving his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins by making him our Savior and Lord is the first step in our salvation in Yeshua. So accepting Yeshua as Messiah is the beginning of our walk in him. Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 it is written. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Since when we practice sin we are servants to sin and being under the bondage of sin is associated with Egypt. You might apply this verse to say shall we continue in sin or shall we remain in Egypt that grace may abound? Because the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt not because they deserved it but through and by the grace of the God of Israel when they called out unto him in their bondage. So shall we continue in sin? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, in other words, when we accept Yeshua, he's our Passover lamb, just like the children of Israel, we're to leave Egypt. Egypt representing the world, the world system, the values of the world, and being under bondage to sin. We're to leave that lifestyle, which is called the flesh, in the ways of the flesh. We're to crucify the flesh and thus be dead to sin. In other words, we're to leave Egypt, the ways of the world and the world system, quickly with a staff in our hand. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? 
When we leave Egypt, we shouldn't want to go back to Egypt. Know you not that so many of us, as were immersed in the Messiah, Yeshua was immersed into his death. In other words, when Yeshua died on the tree, his flesh was crucified. That's a spiritual picture for us, that when we believe in Messiah, we are to regard ourselves as being dead to sin or immersed into his death. In other words, we're to crucify our flesh. Well, that's going to conclude part seven of the series on the subject, our spiritual journey from Egypt to the promised land. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.